We have a World Series matchup. The Houston Astros take on the Philadelphia Phillies beginning on Friday in the 2022 World Series. How do they build these rosters? And who are some of the prominent rookies and prospects to watch for in this year's World Series? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And we have a great, great World Series matchup starting this Friday between the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. It's probably going to be Justin Verlander for the Astros versus Zach Wheeler for the Phillies. Uh, great matchup. Going to be a fun weekend and early next week as we go through. Hopefully this goes as long as possible so we can delay the end of the season a little bit longer. But how did they build these teams? Let's start with the Houston Astros. Uh, they're very unique among teams because so much of their 40-man roster is not free agents. So uh, payroll of $193 million this year. Uh, on the 40-man roster, 23 players are homegrown, meaning that they were either signed as international free agents or, dra- or amateur free agents or drafted by this organization. Uh, 13 guys on the 40-man roster are there via trade, including a couple of them that came in mid-season this year and then supplemented with just a few strategic free agents. So, going through the starting lineup and looking at this, uh, second baseman Jose Altuve is 32 right now. He was a 2007 amateur free agent from Venezuela. So he spent about 10 years in the bigs as of right now, debuted in 2012. So 10 years of service time. Um, shortstop Jeremy Pena, we've talked about him on this show a ton. This is, his, this is his rookie year. Started off the season as the opening day shortstop. He was a 2018 third rounder. Um, Jordan Alvarez, 2016 trade from the Dodgers, a minor league trade. He was 19 at the time, and it was just a swap of minor league prospects. They saw something in Jordan Alvarez that the Dodgers didn't, and they said, we want to go out and get him. So they have done that. He's got two years of service time. I think he'll hit, he'll, he's in one more year of minimum salary before he hits arbitration. Not quite sure about a Super 2 status. Alex Bregman and Kyle Tucker. Third baseman Alex Bregman, right fielder Kyle Tucker. Uh, Both of these guys were drafted in the first round in 2015. You may remember that the Astros had the tank. And they went plus 100 losses for like three straight years and accumulated high draft picks. Bregman and Tucker are products of some of the tanking. Uh, Those two guys, I think they were drafted number two and number five overall. But they, I mean, they, they are in here. They're in your everyday lineup. Bregman's obviously been there about five years. Tucker has about two years, two and a half years of service time. But both of these guys in the same draft. So shout out the 2015 scouting group. But then also to develop them and get them to the bigs uh, is, is something you have to acknowledge is one of the strengths of this team is being able to take all of these young guys and get them up. Yuli Gurriel, one of three free agents, he was signed as a free agent out of Cuba in July 2016. 
So he's 38 years old, so he was 32 at the time. So he's not your traditional free agent, but was signed in 2016, has about five years of service time right now at age 38. I don't necessarily think uh, he's going to be around that much longer, just kind of given the age, but you've got some options as far as how to replace him and things like that. Chaz McCormick, the center fielder, he was a 2017 21st rounder, a round that doesn't even exist anymore. And then Martin Maldonado is one of those guys that was traded. He's 36 years old, the catcher, but he was with the Cubs and they went out and got him mid-season in 2019. He was traded in July 2019 to come in. And then obviously we've discussed uh, there are, you know, there is catcher Corey Lee waiting in the wings uh, as well as Yanye Diaz to eventually take over at catcher in Houston probably sooner rather than later, possibly as soon as next season. When you look at the pitching staff, uh, this is where you can really see the strengths of this organization when it comes to scouting and development because so many of these starting pitchers are homegrown. Justin Verlander is your number one. He was a 2017 trade with Detroit. A little bit of a different situation. Obviously, Justin Verlander, uh, multiple-time Cy Young Award winner, one of the best pitchers of this generation. So it's, it's, it's a lot harder to get those guys uh, it won in the draft in general. I mean, he was a number two overall pick uh, back in 2004. But outside of that, Framber Valdez, 2015 amateur free agent out of the Dominican. Uh, Christian Javier, 2015 amateur free agent out of the Dominican. Lance McCullers, 2012 first rounder. Uh, Jose Urquidy, who we saw against the Yankees Uh, come in in relief and throw like four or five innings. 2015 international free agent. Uh, Luis Garcia, 2017 international free agent. And so a couple things that when you look at the roster, uh, both position players and hitters, a couple observations is one, they hit big in 2015. You had draft picks of Bregman and Tucker. You had... Uh, free agents of Valdez and Javier and Urquidy, and they all hit. Uh, one of the the core competencies of the Houston Astros has been the avil- the ability to scout talent and develop them and get them to the big leagues. Obviously, they've missed on guys. Everybody misses on guys. Baseball is too hard to not miss on guys. That's why the draft is 20 rounds plus international free agency. But they've done a very good job of hitting on the guys. And so on this 40-man roster, you're looking at three free agents. One of them, as we mentioned, Yuli Gurriel, not a traditional free agent when he signed from Cuba in 2016. And then outside of that, you're only free agents on the 40-man roster that you went out and paid market rate contracts to are relievers. Hector Neris uh, left the Phillies for the Astros, signed in December 2021. Ryan Stanek left Miami, signed with Houston in January 2021. Other than that, everybody else was either acquired via trade, like a Verlander, closer Ryan Presley was a midseason trade in 2018 out of Minnesota, Rafael Montero, your setup man, was a, 20, was a July 2021 trade from Seattle. 
so many guys were, were, were acquired via trade or originally chosen and developed by the Astros. Uh, the only guy on here who doesn't fall into any of those buckets, there is a Rule 5 draftee on this roster. Uh, reliever Seth Martinez was a December 2020 Rule 5 pick out of Oakland. But for the most part, this entire roster has been built either homegrown or some trades. They, you know, and as you can see, a lot of these trades have been mid-season acquisitions to make the team better. Justin Verlander, August 2017. Ryan Presley, July 2018. Rafael Montero, July 2021. And then this year, a big portion of your bench on this team has been tra- uh, traded guys. Christian Vas- Vasquez came over at the trade deadline from Boston. Mauricio Dubon came up came over in May 2022 from the Giants. He's your utility guy. He can play infield. He can play outfield. He's your guy. I think if I remember right, that was during Jeremy Pena's uh, minor injury issues. So they went out and got Mauricio Dubon to help fill in all across the infield and the outfield as guys missed time. Trey Mancini, first base and outfield. They went out and got him in August from the Baltimore Orioles. So it takes a special organization to be able to hit and build a team uh, out of this many homegrown stars. And there's not many contenders I can think of that have been able to do that. Really, it's like off the top of my head, it's the Astros and the Braves, and that's about it. Uh, in just a minute, I want to get to how the Philadelphia Phillies built their roster. It, it's different. It's not bad. It's just different. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. As everybody knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks. When it comes to saving money, Simply Safe always stays on top. Uh, right now, you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system that was just named the best home security of 2022 by U.S. News. I use it, I love it, and you'll love it too because at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I had a thing come up just recently where my wife came home and my, my son got out of the car and ran in the house before she got a chance to walk in the house herself and get to the key fob and turn the alarm off. The alarm goes off. Simply Safe calls me. I'm the first person on the list. Simply Safe calls me and says, "Hey, your alarm just went off. We pulled up the professional monitoring and the cameras, the visual verification, and we can see it's not a robbery. Your son ran in the house and your wife wasn't able to get to the keypad in time. Do you want us to uh, do you still want us to call the police?" And I said, "No, it's fine." Went ahead, they turned it off. She called me right away to apologize. It's fine, not a big deal. But that's an example of, of the additional service that you get with Simply Safe versus some of the other companies. With that 24-7 professional monitoring, whenever a threat is detected, they contact you and dispatch first responders to your home if it's needed. Uh, this professional monitoring costs under $1 a day, less than half the cost of ADT's traditional plans and their stuff all has to be professionally installed by one of their technicians. Simply Safe, you can install it all yourself. You build your system, you choose your you get a base station and a keypad, you choose the combination of sensors, accessories, everything you need to protect your home. And then the monitoring experts use the proprietary response technology to visually confirm the break-ins so you get the highest priority police dispatch. Don't miss this chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 40% off your order 
when you visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Go there today because there's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, so in contrast to the way that the Houston Astros built their team being so much based around uh, homegrown talent, drafted guys, international free agents. The Phillies looks a little bit different. So of their 40-man roster, 15 of these guys are homegrown. Um, they have 16 guys who were they traded for at different points in their career, whether as prospects or as big leaguers. They've got eight free agents, and they acquired one guy off of waivers. So uh, payroll's about $255 million, a little bit higher. And when you have more free agents, I mean, they have... They went from three free agents with the Astros to eight free agents with the Phillies. You inherently have to spend more money because you're getting these guys at a premium on the free agent market versus being able to give them a contract extension when they're already under team control like the like the Astros did. So when you go through this, this starting roster, left fielder Kyle Schwarber, they signed him as a free agent from Boston in March 2022. So right before the season started, they brought in Kyle Schwarber. Looking over at right field, Nick Castellanos, they signed him as a free agent from Cincinnati in March 2022. So two guys right there getting market rate contracts as of 2022 helps explain why the payroll is so much higher. First baseman, Reese Hoskins, 2014 fifth rounder. Uh, catcher, JT Real Muto, he was a 2019 trade with the Marlins. And I want to get into that real quick because the other way to build your roster with prospects is to understand the value of your prospect capital and be willing to send out prospects in trades when you need to. And there are a lot of teams that hold on to your prospects. For the most part, no one will value a prospect like the team that drafted them or the the regime that drafted them, the general manager, the scouting director that drafted them because they went out and made the initial selection to get that guy. Uh, But there is a skill and there are GMs who are better than other GMs at understanding we need to make a move and we need to be willing to ship out prospects to go get a key piece to our team. Uh, The Phillies have had trouble at catcher for a while They go out in 2019. They trade catcher Jorge Alfaro, uh, right-hand pitcher Sixto Sanchez, and left-hand pitcher Will Stewart to the Miami Marlins for JT Realmuto while he's at the end of his team control. They re-sign him in free agency, and he is now on a long-term deal to be the starting catcher for the Philadelphia Phillies and one of the best catchers in baseball. Jorge Alfaro is not even with Miami anymore. He was moved, uh, last I checked, he was with San Diego. Sixto Sanchez is still with Miami, is a very promising pitcher, but has had recurring shoulder issues that have uh, made it difficult to get him on the field. And so it's a deal that if you had to give a winner and a loser, I would say the Phillies won the deal. But in reality, it's something where The Phillies knew that Jorge Alfaro was not going to be the guy for them. The Marlins, as we talked about yesterday, have been trying to find catchers. Jorge Alfaro got a chance. 
Sixto Sanchez is a very, very promising pitcher, and if he can get over the shoulder issues, looks like he can be in the top half of your rotation for quite a while. And so if Sixto Sanchez's health works out, then this trade is very much a both teams kind of one in this trade because the Phillies got uh, their starting catcher and one of the better catchers in baseball, both from a real-life perspective and a fantasy perspective. As somebody who's had JT Real Muto, not this year, but in the past, they really appreciate having a guy you know is going to play five days a week, as well as be able to steal some bases, double-digit bags, usually. And then the Marlins able to get a pitcher of the impact of Sixo Sanchez, again, if he can be healthy, means that both teams will have won the trade. Uh, going along with that, outfielder playing DH this year because of the UCL, Bryce Harper. Uh, he was a 2019 free agent from the Washington Nationals. He's the other reason that the payroll is so high because he got a massive deal to leave the Nationals and go to Philadelphia and free agency. Uh, Alec Bohm, the third baseman, he was a 2018 first rounder, number three overall. Bryson Stott, the shortstop, debuted this year, 2019 first rounder, uh, 14th overall pick. Gene Segura, uh, 32 years old, he's playing second base right now. He was a he was a trade in the offseason, 2018, um, in December from Seattle. Uh, as a veteran presence, he was originally a 2007 draftee from, I think, Los Angeles? Yeah, from the Angels. And then center fielder Brandon Marsh uh, was traded for in midseason. He was a trade deadline acquisition uh, from the Angels in August to replace Matt Veerling in center, who was a 2018 fifth rounder. So from the position players, you can see a lot of the bigger impact guys, your outfield, you know, your, your Schwarber, your Castellanos, your Harper, these were all free agent acquisitions on the market, helps explain why uh, the payroll is $60 million higher. When you look at the pitching staff, looking over some of the guys who started all year, Zach Wheeler, 2019 free agent from the Mets, uh, signed in December 2019. So on the open market at then market rate cost. Uh, Aaron Nola was a 2014 first rounder, seventh, uh, seventh overall pick. Ranger Suarez, uh, 2012 amateur free agent out of Venezuela. Bailey Falter, the lefty, 2015 fifth rounder. One, one of the big observations here that you can make is a lot of these Guys, on both teams, not just the Phillies, but the Astros as well, a lot of the draft picks that you see in here, not every single one, but a lot of them are first-rounders. You may remember uh, shortly after the draft, we had a mailbag question about the likelihood of players ever reaching the bigs from the draft. And once you pass the second round, guy, it's, a, it's less than 50-50. Like There's low, less than 50% odds that a drafted player will ever make the big leagues, um, you know, from the third round on through the 20th. And then there's only like 9% chance that a guy outside the first round will ever contribute positive war at the big league level. So when you look at these rosters as a whole, you can kind of see that in practice. You can see how many of these guys are first rounders. I think the only... The only uh, mid-round guys you can find here, Jeremy Pena for the Astros was a third rounder. 
Uh, Reese Hoskins was a fifth rounder, but so many of these guys were first. Oh, Jazz McCormick was a 21st rounder in 2017, but so many of these guys were first rounders. In just a minute, I want to get to uh, some of the prominent rookies as well as a, a preview of this series and who's probably going to win right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So Astros versus Phillies. We all know we talked about it, I think, on Monday's show. The betting line favors the Astros, and I think that's something that we all expected. Our buddy Jimmy sent out an email to us late Monday night with all of the World Series exact result odds. So if you want to bet on who's going to win and in uh, how many games they'll win, you can do it. Right now, the odds from lowest to highest is Astros winning 4-2, to two, Astros winning 4-3, to three, Astros winning 4-1. to one. It's plus 350, plus 375, and plus 550. And then after that, the Phillies winning 4-2 and the Phillies winning 4-3 is at plus 600, so 6-1 to one odds. Um, the, some of the later odds, Phillies 4-1, Astros 4-0, Phillies 4-0, or the, like, the farthest, like the longest shot on the odds. And then World Series MVP, three of the four top options from Bet Online are Astros. Jordan Alvarez, seven to one. We saw him terrorize everybody so far with the long ball. Bryce Harper, eight to one for the Phillies. We saw him hit the massive home run in the eighth inning that sealed the, uh, the trip to the World Series, won them the National League pennant. Jeremy Pena, the rookie, eight to one for the Astros. Justin Verlander, nine to one. For the Astros, I can't. I can't remember the last time a pitcher won World Series MVP. If you know it, put it in the comments or send it to us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Farm. But looking at some of the impact rookies in this series, obviously you have to start with Astros shortstop Jeremy Pena. It was a 2018 third rounder, like we mentioned, out of the University of Maine. Not typically a place where you see a ton of top uh, baseball players come from. Because of the cold climate, you see so many warm climate uh, baseball players versus cold climate because you have so much less time in the year to produce and and play. But 136 games this year for Jeremy Pena, 253, 289, 426. Wasn't benched, missed a little time with an injury, but 22 home runs in 136 games, 44 extra base hits, 135 strikeouts to 22 walks. So struck out literally just under once a game. And I think part of the reason why the on base is so low is he only walked 22 times. Um, 11 of 13 on stolen bases. So had a good regular season. The playoffs, he's been a different animal though. So in seven games, three against Seattle, four against the Yankees, Jeremy Pena is batting 303, 324, 667. Three home runs, Six extra base hits. Uh, he's he's struck out eight times, four in each series, and he's walked once. So kind of a microcosm of his season, right? Um, strikeouts, just around the same amount of games that he played. Strikes out about once a game. Rarely walks. But the power production has absolutely showed up. He had four RBIs in the ALCS. Uh, he's had three total home runs. So been dynamic there. And then obviously just the story of what he's done this year uh, coming in to replace Carlos Correa at shortstop and absolutely it working out has been fantastic. 
For the Phillies, the impact rookie on this team has been Bryson Stott, 2019 first rounder out of UNLV. So warm weather guy playing out there in the desert in Las Vegas. Uh, 127 games. He was actually sent down in late April and then called back up on May 8th. But for the season, 234, 295, 358 slash line over 127 games. 10 home runs, 31 extra base hits, 89 strikeouts to 36 walks. So has kept the strikeouts down, has walked not quite half the amount of times that he struck out, but a, a decent walk rate. That's why his batting average, or his, his on base, is almost at 300. 12 of 16 on stolen bases. And he had an interesting change later in the year. From August on, he's been, I feel like, significantly better. And apparently what happened is Gene Segura, the veteran who's playing second base so that Stock can play short, uh, had a conversation with him and said, hey, that two-strike approach you have where you widen your stance and you choke up on the bat and you focus on just getting the ball in play, Versus trying to identify something that you can, you can get a you know you can barrel or you can get a hard hit on. Do ten at bats where you only use that two strike approach. This is in early August, and so in those ten at bats, when Bryson Zott agreed to do that, he went six for ten, and so he's performed much better uh, later in the year and is feeling a little bit better as of right now. In the playoffs, granted, he's played some very good pitchers over the last 10 games. Because you know, he, he played St. Louis for two, Atlanta for three, and the Padres for five. 200, 273, 333, three RBIs, four extra base hits. Out of his six hits, four have been extra bases. He scored three runs. Taking 10 total bases, three walks to seven strikeouts. So the numbers don't show that he's had a significantly better postseason than the regular season. But the quality of the at-bats has been fantastic. And then another guy who I think has the potential to make an impact on this postseason. We saw what Jose Urquidy did late in one of those games against the Yankees where he came in and threw four or five scoreless innings. Uh, maybe it was Seattle in that, in that insane 18-inning game. But Hunter Brown of the Astros, 2019 fifth rounder out of Wayne State. Uh, in seven games this season, they called him up. Two starts, seven total games, 20 and a third innings pitched, 0.89 ERA, 22 strikeouts to seven walks. Uh, He's very much a power pitcher. He grew up in Michigan idolizing Justin Verlander. He now is on the same team as Justin Verlander. He He had the best fastball in the system, one of the better fastballs in Houston right now, one of the best curveballs in the system, if not in Houston. And moving him to the bullpen for this stretch run, he's going to be a starter next year, but moving into the bullpen for the stretch run has helped him, one, keep the velo on his stuff. His fastball can touch 99 or 100, throws it up in the zone really well, and then has helped him with the consistency and not losing the delivery. Because when he would go for a longer stretch, three, four, five innings, you would see him lose his release point at times or his delivery to get a little out of whack. So I think Hunter Brown could be a bullpen weapon for this series if the Astros need him to be. But ultimately, I do like the Astros. I do think that offensively, these teams are actually pretty evenly matched. Um, You know, it's something where I don't think either team's center fielders are maybe that great offensively, but I like Chas McCormick's chances better than Brandon Marsh's chances. Uh, 
I feel like the pitching staff, while the top of your pitching staff for the Phillies and Wheeler and Nola is very strong, I feel like the depth of the Astros, Verlander, Valdez, Javier, McCullers, and then again, you're quitting Garcia if you need them. If you have to have five or six starters, whether it's somebody coming in in relief to eat a bunch of innings or depending on the on how many days rest you get in this series. Either way, I like the Astros to win this. I'm going to I'm going to call Astros in 6. That is our official prediction right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. If you have a, a, a prediction for the World Series, um, if you're on video, leave it in the comments below. If you're on audio, feel free to send that to us, as well as your mailbag questions. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked on Farm, or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.